call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, are you ready to go? Are you cool for you to start going now? Yeah. I'm yeah. Good. Um, no, get yourself comfortable. I like the laid backness. Sorry if my voice sounds like shit. I had a rough weekend in uh, wherever the fuck I was, Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, what were you doing there? Um, comedy off Broadway. Oh. I have to start by saying you're fucking genius. You, <laughs> th- I'm being dead serious. I pull the mic close just so it's okay. close to you. Well, that's a great in- start. Fucking <laughs> I st- genius. Like oh. so so I knew I knew who you were thirteen years ago. Okay. So we have a connection. A guy named Chris Gillen was a producer on Whitest Kids yeah, You Know. Yeah, Chris. Along with Jim Biederman. Oh my god. Yeah. And I knew the I knew Chris and I were really close friends. Oh, that's awesome. So Chris came to me, he's like, You gotta see these kids, Whitest Kids You Know, you gotta see them, they're fucking hilarious. I started watching you guys. I had a spike. I didn't want to like it because I, I had a show with Biederman and Chris at the same time. Oh, what was the show? It was called White Gorilla. Oh, okay. It was about a gorilla that moves to LA to become an actor. <laughs> He's been raised on a... <laughs> it's, it was a really fucking funny show. It was really racist now that I look back at it. But it was really... It was a gorilla that was raised... Um, in a sanctuary and taught English and then the <laughs> owners the owner died like it could speak or could like speak. sign language it could, it could speak it oh. totally could talk and it, it was like very was this like, animated no I dressed up as a fucking gorilla <laughs> I got That's put awesome. in prosthetics as a gorilla and we shot a pilot for Comedy Central but at the time you guys were doing Whitest Kids You Know right and <clears throat> I loved Whitest Kids You Know because it was irreverent as shit <laughs> yeah yeah well it really was <laughs> Well, it seemed like, it seemed like you guys were like, anyway, so last night I go and watch your, one of the videos now, I think it has 4 million views on Facebook, more, yeah. probably more now. Yeah. Uh, it's my, almost at five. My computer has, what is his name? My, my computer just became self-aware. Yeah. Dude. How do you do that? Oh, it's, uh, I'm glad you liked it. That's How awesome. do you do that? That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm being dead serious. Like I thought, like I got it. And this is, I don't hope this, you don't take this as an insult, but like <laughs> little Dickie's Chris Brown video, uh-huh. I fucking loved. Yeah. I loved it. And then when I, when I saw yours, I was like, oh, this is the next level. This is way beyond what little Dickie could do. Oh, that's, well, that's very nice of you. That's awesome. I mean, that was just, um, it's so funny because like, you know, so I'll go and do these albums and I'll just kind of sit by myself for like, you know, you work on it for like a year and like, you know, one ever sees it. And then like, you kind of, you know, when it comes out, I'm kind of like, well, I hope people like it. So I've been like, it's been really great. Like in the last three days, it's made like 5 million views and stuff like that. So I'm just super happy about well, that I'm real just, quick let's talk about what you're doing for comedy central and yep. then i want to start at the very beginning okay because i didn't realize this has been you the whole time that's what my awakening last night was oh this has been trevor's journey like i always thought the whitest kids you know is it's great and everything but this you are driving force behind your own career since the age of 18 uh well idea yeah, i started a public access yeah let's, but let's okay. let's talk about comedy central thing sure. first so that because i know we want to promote that yeah 
So what's going on with Comedy Central? So I've got a, a new special um, uh, coming out a Friday, um, April 20th mm-hmm. at midnight. So I guess it's technically the 21st, but um, it's going to be an hour long special. And the last special I did for them was kind of more of a traditional me in front of an audience, you know, singing <laughs> songs and doing yeah. like my music stuff. And this one, they let me do like a linear storyline. So it's all music videos, wall to wall. And then there's a, a story that goes through it where <clears throat> it's my longtime girlfriend uh, is basically drags me to a brunch with her friends and I'm in hell. And so it's just all their kind of conversations are spurning all of these music videos in my head and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot more production value than just a regular hour special. Yeah. No, there's, I mean, this was just, this is like a little movie. It's, this is like a little, <clears throat> dude, I'm, I can't tell you enough how much that video blew my fucking mind. Oh, that's awesome. The, that, your writing in that is so tight, so compact, so fucking fluid. <laughs> I literally was, I was sitting there going, I and I, my wife was like, I want to watch it. And I was like, you won't get it. <laughs> like when well, you're talking to the Sphinx. <laughs> yeah. The Anunnaki. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. It's like all my interests, like, uh, the singularity, uh, DMT, um, yeah. kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the idea that we're living in a simulation, like it was just kind of all of that, <laughs> you know, mixed into one thing kind of. So. That's amazing. So how did that process with comedy central start? You did the last one and then they wanted to do another one and you were like, did you have to go pitch it to them differently? Yeah. Well, I originally, when I went, when I first started, they put out, I've put out three albums with them. Um, the first album I did, I didn't do a special for. I just, I self-produced some music videos for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time around, they were like, we'll let you do a special. And then I kind of pitched this idea, but there, uh, I think there was a little hesitant at the beginning. It was like, well, let's just do a regular traditional special. And so that's what we did. And, I, and that was great. But then the, the second time around, I pitched it uh, this again and they were like, all right, try it. So, really? um, yeah, and it's been I mean, the, the format really worked. I really, I really like, I'm really proud of this one that's coming out. And I'm also doing a 24 hour long talk show leading up to it. So wait, when, um, it's starting, uh, want to be a guest? Uh, it's, it's starting I'm in fucking Utah this weekend. <laughs> oh, no, I would, I, I would love that. Yeah. It's starting Thursday, Thursday. It's all day Friday. So it's Thursday from midnight to Friday at midnight. And so it's 24 hour long talk show. <laughs> And I'm going to have 24 guests. Um, we're going to, and the goal is we're going to, I'm going to try to solve every problem in the world in the one day. Nice. So every hour, like the first hour is the Middle East and uh, we're going to take calls and I'm going to try to solve the Middle East problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, the second hour is racism. I'm going to fix racism. Uh, you know, basically just go through everything. <laughs> and, uh, but so that's, and then that'll end when the special like comes on. That's so, fucking great. I, yeah. lo- I don't think that's done enough. Like big promotional stunts, big, like, that was what defined American entertainment, like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like the telethon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I told Comedy Central when I did that special for them Mm -hmm. in 2009, I was like, I want to ride a jet ski from Mexico to Tampa, (laughs) and I want to land right when my special airs, and I want you guys to, I'll have news crews follow me, and I'll go on the beach, there'll be a TV on the beach, I'll turn it on, and my special air. I'll be like, everyone, tune into Comedy Central. That's awesome. They didn't give a fuck. (laughs) Um, Well, that's fantastic. Now, let's get back to the beginning. Okay. Because... Here's what I I found the whitest kids, you know, through Chris and I just figured, uh, sketch comedy group, everyone met at NYU. Uh, everyone's going to be an actor. Everyone will branch off. And, and you're kind of the only one that stuck with it 
in this in this way in my in my spectrum in sketch well i think the other guys like you know uh zach is on uh, that show wrecked on tbs so mm-hmm. he does um and sam teaches sketch um at the pack theater so everyone's still kind of involved in in comedy like, so you know. but what was your path you started your own public access at 18 no 16 when i was 16 i started a public access show in my hometown of charlottesville which is now famous. Yeah. Uh, that's where I grew up. Um, and uh, I started a public access show. And, you know, that's just, this is like, no one really has the internet at this point. Like, people still just What year of, is this? You're 37? I'm, I'm 30. I just turned 38. So this is 96. Okay, 96. 96. So there is, so for, for, to put this in perspective, because I remember 96. Mm-hmm. 96, I was still in college. Internet consisted of AOL. You had AOL. Yeah. Um, you had like... Uh, not paradigm, but like something like Prodigy mm-hmm. was the internet. Earthlink. But you could, but public access, especially in New York, public access was hot as fuck. Yeah, and 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 in in other cities. That was as well. And you were 16? I was 16. I started a public access show. Like, I took the class. As soon as I could drive, I took the class that you have to take at public access to be certified to be able to do the show. And so I started doing basically like a regular show with my friends where we were doing sketch. It was a lot of man on the street, a lot of prank calls, like, you know, going out and just kind of trying to find like what I like to do in comedy, like just trying all sorts of different stuff. And, um... And because it's a college town, like uh, the University of Virginia is there, it got really popular. Um, like all the college kids started watching my show. Uh, and they, I, I thought it was funny. Like the 16 year old has like a show on public access. And it started like, you know, I, it would get written up in the newspaper for it. It became like kind of a famous You're show. still in high school. And, yeah. And I would get invited to the like, college parties, which I thought was awesome. Like, you know, like Holy in high school shit. and stuff. And uh, so then... Um, it's almost like it's almost exactly like Wayne's World. There was a, a guy uh, who owned a bunch of Pax TV affiliates. Remember Pax Television? Uh-huh. It was a it was a it wasn't a Christian network, but it was it was almost. Oh, I know Pax. Yeah, it was almost a Christian network. It was very conservative. It was a lot of touched by an angel reruns and stuff like that. And so he owned a bunch of those affiliates, and he was setting up a new affiliate in Charlottesville. So he was driving, you know, he was staying at a hotel, and the person that we worked the front desk of the hotel, the girl who was working there was watching the public access show and he started asking her about it. And she was saying that, Oh yeah, like this is huge here, like in this town. So he bought it. Like he approached me and he bought the show. And so then when I was 18, I did that for a whole season and then I got fired because it was too wait, offensive. So wait, what goes into getting your own public access show? You get, you take a class. Yeah. Do you, do you have to pay for the time? Yeah, you have to. No, no, you don't pay for the time, but you pay to take the class. Like, you know, and they teach how much? you. Uh, I mean, it probably is like $100 or something. Like bucks you take the class. And then how many people are in the class? Is it a bunch of crazies? Yeah, it's, well, it was. So like motorcycle class? Yeah, it was, it was, I was the only kid. Like it was a lot of adults. Um, and it's mostly, public access is mostly like churches. You know, like they, they kind of broadcast their church services or it's people who come on and do like a weird community talk show where they just talk about like zoning stuff. And so it's pretty dry. Where did you get the idea to take? Where did you get the idea to do this? You know, I think it was actually um, if you watch Saturday Night Live in that 
era, like almost every sketch's premise was that it was a public access show. That was their way around saying, you know, that's how they could uh, um, justify these yeah. crazy characters having a show. It was yeah. Wayne's World was that, uh, the ladies man was that, like basically every everything was, and so as a kid, I was like, well, what is public access? And uh, I looked it up and it was like, oh, anybody can have a TV show as long as you take this class and does there's no age limit on it. Like oh, you can go fuck. down and have your own show. And, uh, and which now I guess everyone can because yeah. that's YouTube. I, you know, it's so funny as you were saying that I was like, I kind of want to do a public access show, and then in my head I'm like, oh, I, I got one. <laughs> you have one, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's like, yeah. I mean, now like everyone does it because it's YouTube. Like you, ever you know, uh, you can. Everyone has public access, <laughs> but back then it was you know you had to go to this and you had to edit. Like uh, I, I stopped going. Uh, my grades went downhill as soon as I started doing public access because like I kind of fell in love with it and I just stopped caring about like schoolwork. Yeah. By the way, by the way, I would totally green light that as a parent. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, they did. I'd be like, I'd be like, you know what? Find what you love. Do that. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. What, what, do, your, what do your parents do? Uh, my parents, my parents were uh, Christian rock singers uh, in the eighties. They had like the number two Christian rock song in the For country. Real? Yeah. So I grew so that's where your music comes from. Mm -hmm. My mom is like a really talented musician um but um but i grew up on a tour bus till i was eight like so we just traveled around the country and uh wait what's that like it's uh well it's weird because it never struck me as weird until i got to like high school or college like because it's just how you, i grew up so yeah. you know it was you know it was a lot of sitting on a bus a lot of long drives um you know playing with toys in the back uh kind of a lot of drawing like you kind of have to keep yourself occupied um, jesus and a lot of a lot of faith a lot well yeah there's a lot of church going on because um you know we would basically play these mega churches and stuff like that so every city you're in another i mean every night you're in another city playing another show and stuff like that there's but. a couple i follow on facebook <laughs> and on instagram named Kristen and danny mm -hmm. they're um they're a, th she was like a spokesmodel in la and he was an actor in la trying to be a comic and then they met and then decided to give it up and they go to they went moved back to indianapolis and they do karaoke in their car but they lip sync karaoke in their car in the costumes and they have a video that went viral. I think it had like 300 million views. And now they speak at churches. Huh. And they talk about relationship. Their logline is, laughter is the best medicine. Uh, grace grace and grit. Like, I, I, I became obsessed with them. Really? I became obsessed with them because, number one, the cynic in me truthfully wishes I had faith. Uh -huh. Like, I wish I had blind faith the way they do. Right. The way they're like, I look at their lives and it looks so nice. It's just like they Happy. live in... Yeah, they yeah. live in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They have really great relationships with their kids. They go to church on Sundays. Dan, um, I don't think Danny drinks. She's right. beautiful. She's like really right. just like, I mean, I'm sure there's darkness in their lives, but I don't see it. Right. And of and course, just not to be worried about death. That's the th that's the thing that always is like because that's in everybody's head like yeah. you know worrying about death and to just not have to worry about that in your own mind that just has to free you up so much like you know. oh I would I would love that yeah <laughs> what have, do you an only child uh, no I have a sister okay so you and your sister are on a tour bus yeah 
Your yeah. parents are writing songs together. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they perform together. And, and you go and you know their songs. Like, could you sing one of their songs? Right I now? performed with them when I was a little kid, and then I like I quit when I was like six. I was like, really? I'm done. I'm out. Like, yeah, really. <laughs> so that's yeah. interesting because my daughters don't they don't perform with me, but I talk about them a lot in my act mm-hmm. and on Instagram. My daughter had a period party uh, last night. Uh huh. She got a period, and, and you have a party. Yeah, it's the new thing. Really? Yeah, red velvet cake. I had never heard of Pasta that. with red sauce. Are you kidding me? I'm not joking. Everyone wears red. <laughs> I swear to you. <laughs> what? And so, yeah. And so, I put it on Instagram because it's so bizarre to me. Yeah. I put it on Instagram and then I woke up this morning at like five in the morning and I was like, it was in my stories. The girls getting up for school. Five, 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 five forty-five. And the girls getting up for school and I said to Isla, I was like, hey, I, that's all my Instagram stories, your period party. I didn't realize you're going to school today. You probably don't want every kid to know you got your period. Right. And I was like, do you want me to take that down? And she was like, yeah. She goes, I don't know. I want to be able to see it again, but I don't, I don't want other people to see it. So yeah. I was just like, I'll just delete it because I, don't, I, I I'm, I'm afraid that <coughs> I've enmeshed my family, and my art too much. Right. Right. But so they, you perform with them and then do you like, are they still, they have to be pretty Christian, right? Yeah. Very, they're are very you? conservative. I'm kind of like agnostic like there's i i realize that there's no way for me to know for to a certainty i want to just be i wish it wasn't looked down upon in hollywood Mm -hmm. i wish it wasn't i wish i didn't have questions i wish that i had blinding faith and like when we were like 16 we were high as fuck on a dock me and this other kid i won't mention his name because he's very rich and lives in tampa now and if you grew up in tampa you know who i'm talking about (laughs) And we were getting high and we were wearing ski goggles. And he said, what if, he goes, what if you're just good for this lifetime? You right. get an eternity of happiness. He was like, what if it's real? Like, does it hurt? Just, yeah. And we were high as fuck. And I had a panic attack. I spun out hard. And I was like, oh my God, I'm being bad. I'm, 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 I'm right. asking for eternity in hell. Like, right. was like well, it was a fucked up conversation. But, and they still have, do they still live in Charlottesville? Yeah, they do. Nice. Where's living. your sister doing? My sister lives in Chicago. Yeah. Ads? Uh, she uh, she does, um, a med- she's a medical, she's an editor for a medical journal. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. <coughs> so you're the oldest? I am the oldest, yes. So when you start this public access show, you do it, they buy it, you finish high school? Yes, I finished high school. And then you do a season. Uh, I did a season and um, and I got canceled because it was a very Christian I you network. I say cancer. No, I got, <laughs> then I got cancer. Then <laughs> um, no, but it was, uh, it was a very, very, very religious kind of channel. And the show I was doing was not at all. Like, yeah. you know, and um, so they were getting tons of complaints from people. Like, and so I, I lasted 17 episodes. So that's a lot of television to make at 18 years old. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of television. To, that's a lot of television television to make at fucking 45 yeah yeah holy shit no it was it was great because it was i literally had that moment where i got to run around to like all of my friends who were like working at like grocery stores and be like like the show got bought like quit your job like let's go let's go really? do this yeah so that was it was awesome um and, and what was the t- what were the kind of sketches that were getting you in, tr- getting you in trouble uh you know i was just like i i did a bit um where it was like a, a morning show at an old folks home called like hey hey who died today and where basically they do they <laughs> <laughs> they would just check the rooms and like under that yeah. um and it was just kind of like doing weird stuff like i 
I, uh, I talked to the Virginia Department of Transportation and kind of let, it got them to tell me anytime there'd been like a big roadkill. And I would go and film the roadkill. And then I would give each roadkill like a different voice. And then I would like, I did Hamlet with all these different, but like close-ups of like worms coming out of like. How great would it be (laughs) to have no insight on what's going on in the business and just do your own thumbprint? That's what it was. It was just kind of like, I don't know. Do these live online? No, I haven't put them online. I have the, Oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? I should, I own them. So I I might as well God. Yeah. Oh, I would make that my TV show. (laughs) I would find those and I would somehow marry those to what I could do now. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It was just, there was no, like, I didn't have to worry about ratings. I didn't have to worry about, um, it was just whatever I found funny that week. You know, we'd go out and we'd do it. And, you know, I had an office um, that became like a hangout. All my friends would hang out and like, you know, (sighs) just drink and like kind of you know, edit this ridiculous show. And then you'd have the deadline, you'd run the tapes up to them like that. And then they'd put it on like that night. Like it was, it was great. That's so awesome. Yeah. And now, so, uh, Christian family, but when do you touch booze or drugs? Um, I didn't, I didn't until after I got out of high school. Okay. Yeah. I, I pretty, um, pretty straight laced through high school. Well, I was, I was kind of like, I was in trouble a lot, but not for that. Like I also had this weird, my parents are super conservative, but also, oddly lenient in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I never had a curfew. Um, In fact, I didn't have to come home, um, which was amazing uh, because I would sleep at public access a lot. Um, So I would be editing all night and then, um, or I had keys to my dad's office in town because I lived 30 miles away from my school. I lived out in the country. And uh, um, so I would drive, I, I would work edit until like two or three in the morning, then go to my dad's office put a cot on the floor, sleep there, get up, shower, and then go to school and then repeat it again and again. So a lot of times I didn't go home, but I knew that if I ever got in trouble, I would lose that like privilege. And my parents would say that, you know, they were like, you know, we're pretty lenient like on, on, on your comings and goings. But if we ever get caught with anything, we're not going to be lenient. And so it was kind of a calculated, like, it was like, nah, you know, while I'm That's smart, while I'm here, I'm just going to kind of, it's a smart parenting move. Yeah, no, it was, it, I would definitely do it with my kid. Kind of. <laughs> oh, we're talking about parenting right now with our kids about, um, about being honest about sex and drugs. Mm-hmm. And I am not comfortable with that. About being honest. About being honest. I don't know what to, I don't know if I'm ready to tell my daughters. You have all, all daughters, right? I have two daughters. Two yeah. Daughters, okay. I think they were both in there when you walked. Yeah. Through. Yeah. And then, <laughs> George was in uh, taking a class and Isla's probably playing on her fucking iPad. <laughs> She's the one that got her period. So uh, she, uh, yeah, Leanne was talking about that today about how to be honest with them. And Leanne's had a lot more sex than I have. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to share that. Like if they're like, right. mom, have you had sex with more than, than got people than dad? And she's like, yeah. Then what do I look like to my daughters? Right, right. And I've done a lot of drugs and I still party i mean i don't do like coke or anything but like i still smoke weed right and i drink a lot and i don't want them to know that i i mean i i don't fucking know i don't know anyway you moved yeah. to new york yeah well that, that's such a you know the, i'm sorry just a side no, go track ahead, there. please the thing that i find is i just had a kid uh, oh really yeah yeah uh congratulations thank you he's seven months old so he's very very young um so it's easy i don't i can he doesn't know anything yet. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I'm fascinated about and kind of worried about is like, when do you talk to them about the internet? 
because that has to be a giant conversation now like where you have to be like all right you're if you whatever you put on the internet is there forever you know, uh, like I, I think you got to sit them down and show them like the Star Wars kid. You got to show them like yeah. all of these viral kids who have become memes and their lives are ruined because of some like cringy thing they've done and oh. kind of be like, you know, think twice before you post anything like, you know, you break up with a girl. Don't film yourself crying and put it online. Oh. Don't do it. Like, do you realize I would be memed out. Had they, I, I was just saying <coughs> to my wife this morning, I thought, I was listening to you and Rogan, mm -hmm. and you had said that you were doing Whitest Kids You Know the day the iPhone came out. Yes. And that you, go ahead and you tell it, retell it again, but it made me think of something. It was, it was this kind of crazy thing that like we were, sh we were shooting a season of, of Whitest Kids when the iPhone, the first iPhone came out and, um, I got it the night it came out. Um, you know, I, I didn't wait in line, I, but I went and like waited until the line died down. They still had them. And I got mm -hmm. them. And then the next day at work when we were shooting, I realized like every, it was funny because up until that point in between takes, the crew would all joke around. There was all these inside jokes. Everybody would kind of have a fun time. And as soon and you had this time to kind of like horse around and have fun and everybody was laughing in between takes. And then the day the iPhone came out, everybody was quiet and everyone was just staring at their phone and like looking at all the stuff that it like can do. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like, I wonder how long, you know, I wonder how long it's going to be like this before people like, you know, it wears off and people, you know, you know, stop staring at their phones. And it it never went back. It, it never like, went it, back. It was like, it was from one day, it, it was overnight, and it has never gone back. Like, I had an epiphany the other night. We went to uh, the bar right next door to us, me, my wife, and our and two of our best friends. <coughs> and we went in, and we all sat down and got a table, and I went up to the bar, and it's a good dive bar. Mm -hmm. And the drunks were on their phones. Yeah. The drunks who used to tell lies and spin yarn yeah. and tell you about the money that their sister stole from them and that's why they're here. Yeah. They don't have the drunk stories anymore. And I was like, oh my God. And then I thought, I wonder how many of my relationships I would have stayed in if we had had phones. Because you don't have to really talk. I, I, yeah. I would, you would date someone and you had to talk to them the whole fucking time. Yeah. If you're with them, you had to talk to them. And at a point, you'd be like, this person's an idiot. <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> but me and my wife had just enough time without the iPhone. Yeah. And now, when we're in the place where, you know, it's like, technically, you would be getting bored of someone. We've got iPhones. Yeah. So if I get bored of my wife, I just get on my iPhone. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. I think that I, I heard you say that. And I, <clears throat> I didn't have it that quick of an epiphany with phones but I do I do find that it's amazing how many people's faces are in their phones it's it's a completely different world like you know it's it's just you know there's you know I remember like I remember how because uh, I, I remember before the internet just a little like you I, know I definitely do we got the internet early like when I was 12 really yeah um, but I remember I've been on my memory is just being bored like I was boredom was a huge problem. Like for a yeah. kid, like yeah. I'd be like, oh, fucking bored, you know. And I was, like, and then then the internet. When you got the internet, I don't think I've really been bored since. <laughs> like it, yeah. it cured boredom. It really did cure boredom. Yeah, I remember. I lived a very, I lived an extensive life before the internet. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I was probably twenty seven when I started using the internet. Oh wow. 
Yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to think because I didn't use it. I never used it in college. Yeah, I never got online in college. I never. <coughs> I when I moved to New York is the first time I got the internet, mm-hmm. but it was still real slow. You could get on the internet, but it was like it was just yeah. It was still landlines. There's like a hundred web pages, <laughs> and I and that's I, that's when I got a phone. But it got to a place recently where I was getting really depressed, and I didn't and I and I got a new phone. And it said, uh, turn on all notifications. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn off all notifications. And I immediately felt better. Really? Because my biggest thing was texting. Hmm. Like I would look to see if someone had replied or I'd text. And then if I heard a ding, I'd go, oh, is that the reply or is that this? And it would just, and and, and it was on for my Instagram. So anytime there was a like, I'd get, and I'd I'd post videos with like 100,000 likes. Right. And so... Reviews, I mean, are like twenty thousand likes, and you, they would just ding, 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 and it was distracting me, and I, I wasn't happy. Yeah. And when I turned off all notifications, I don't get back to people as quickly. And we had an argument about this last night, but I am exponentially happier. Yeah. My goal now is when I wake up to not go to my phone. I've seen, I saw some study that they came that came out with us in like the last like month where they were saying like um, social media is like. It is absolutely linked to depression. Like where they're like, hundred percent. Yeah, it's because you're just you're watching other people putting the best foot forward and the best rose-colored glasses on their life, yeah, making their life seem better than it actually is. And then you're seeing everybody do that, and you're like, well, my life's not. You know, I'm not drinking wine at sunset every night like everybody else seems to be. It's and, amazing that you're so right. Is that? All it is is best foot. Like, I mean, I have friends in Tampa that I would never, I would never imagine. Like, I, I see sadness when I think of them. Then you look at their internet profile and you're like, oh, you're killing it. Yeah, yeah. But like, I do that. I do that to a, f- I do that sometimes. <laughs> the one bit I've been wanting to do is um, subliminal branding, hashtag subliminal branding. Uh-huh. So on my Instagram stories, when I, because when I show things, like I'm obviously trying to tell you a story of something else. Right. So like I, I, I did a shot of me jogging in the canyon the other day. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck videotapes themselves jogging unless <laughs> I want everyone to know, hey guys, I'm healthy. Yeah. I know you think I party, but I'm really also very healthy. Yeah. Like it's so, but it's the subliminal branding. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it'll make you fucking crazy. Yeah. Because you're putting out, like I don't put out, when you know when you're a young comic there's a thing you do this is when uh the internet when myspace came out you would say hey guys i'm headlining at this club this weekend which really means hey guys i don't headline a lot but i'm happy to be headlining and i want you to know i'm headlining because i'm a headliner yeah but i'll be back to featuring next week yeah and so i was very cognizant never to say i'm headlining at this club Mm -hmm. so i'd go i'll be at whatchamacallit this week and if people hit me back and they're like who you with then i'd write i'm headlining the now, now the one is, hey guys, also sh- all shows sold out. Like, why are you telling anybody? <laughs> yeah, what's the point of that? Yeah, and and then and then or like I have <coughs> the shows this weekend in Salt Lake City. Um, all Friday and Saturday are, all, are sold out. There's tickets left for Thursday. Mm-hmm. And as you were walking in, I was writing an Instagram post to let people know there are tickets available for this weekend. And trust me when I tell you, there's a part of my brain going, should you tell everyone that you've already sold out Saturday and Friday? <laughs> right. To right. let everyone know. And then you're like, no, let them go to the website. If they want a ticket, they'll be like, oh, fuck, I can only go to Thursday. Right. But it's a, it's a weird, 
So you should go the other way and just play really into be like, guys, I'm super worried no one's going to come to my show this weekend. Yeah, like, right. You know, like <laughs> kind of just go into the insecurity. And then you see people copy other people. Like the thievery on the internet is fucking insane. Right. Like <clears throat> this is simple, super simple. And I don't mean to start a huge beef about this, but like my buddy, Brendan Schaub, does this thing where he just takes a picture of his shoes. He's like, uh, st- in studio kicks for Thursday. Like mm-hmm. sh- he likes to show, he's a shoe guy. Yeah. Man, I see so many people taking pictures of their goddamn shoes in the exact same way that he takes pictures of his shoes. Oh, he did, so he Yeah, because, because he does it and, and, every, and then, you know, everyone's tur- like, I mean, shoes are cool, right? Yeah. And so, but everyone does it. But I, in my head, I go, I first saw Brendan do that. He's the originator. You all are thieves. <laughs> or, or people that like, well, this drives me nuts. And my buddy Segura does this all the fucking time. Is people who, I don't know how they get the internet, the video off the internet. They don't repeat, post it on Instagram. They post it as if like they found it. It's just a viral oh, right. video. Yeah. But they post it on their Instagram and it gets like 200,000 views. But yeah, yeah it's, it went viral yesterday. No wonder it's getting 250. Like, just. Yeah. <laughs> you know what people should do? It's like, because I feel like most of the time that people do these things, they're just taking a shit. Like, I feel yeah. like that's mostly when people are like on their Instagram. And oh, stuff yeah. Like that. Some, people should start just taking a picture of their face whenever they're taking a shit and just be like, taking a shit. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag blessed every time. <laughs> like, I, I, w- I want to, uh, I want one night. One day I, I, I came in from the gym at the hotel and I walked in the door and I started a video in the door shut behind me and it just, it was a good beginning bookend to this video. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I said, I stumbled on what I said. So I went, all right. So I went back out of the room and shut the door the way I did again. And I, and I still fucked it up. I walked in and out of that door five times <laughs> and I, I, in, in, <clears throat> when I got the last video out, I was like, I wish I had simply posted all of these oh yeah. me fucking up left and right and left and right <laughs> fucking in and out of your door <laughs> it's amazing you do see people do stuff like uh original i think it's a human a human in, instinct to like almost emulate them you know mm-hmm. to see what the person who's winning is doing and then do that as well right i don't know yeah. that's why i wish i could be 18 with my own public access show yeah, I mean, like, that's it's funny because like now, like every eighteen year old is. Yeah, but they're all they're all copying each other, right? Uh, pr- prank I, on Wildy wrong. Yeah, I read that. That's like that is the new like when they they uh, they ask kids like in school like what do you want to be like you know it used to be like rock star used to be all this list, and now it's YouTuber like Dude. that's like the number one thing that people want to be. I've had so I, I'm, there's this kid Angelo Blando Angelo Blando who gets me in my shoes really mm-hmm. great guy starting a podcast. But I, he's, I mean, the kid is on it. He's like 18 years old, 19 years old. Maybe he's 20. Um, he flies out to LA, gets shoes for Dalia, for Ron Funches, for me. Like he just hustles. He's a hustler. Yeah. And I said, man, I got to be honest. In my head, I'm picturing, I'm thinking, let me introduce you to my agent and le- or let me introduce you to my manager. Let me get you a job in the industry. You will be amazed at what that instinct you have can really develop and blossom in LA. Yeah. There are a lot of people that will see that in you and fucking and milk it and teach you things you'll never learn anywhere else in this world. Yeah. And I said I said you need to get in this business and he was like I'm really like a YouTube channel. In my head I'm like Angelo <laughs> anyone can have a fucking YouTube channel. Like you've got something special. Get out of there and go to fucking be an be an agent. 
Yeah. And be like a 25-year-old agent murdering it in LA. But the thing is, if he if he has a successful YouTube channel, he probably make way more money. Way more that. money. Because I mean, the, the numbers that those guys are pulling in is insane. But it's also an insane amount of work. Like when I, I've like, you know, I've, I've watched some of like you know, the Jake Paul, Logan Paul, yeah, yeah, when yeah. all that stuff was kind of like hitting fever pitch. I was like, you know, checking it out and everything. And um, I got to say, it's an, I mean, the amount of work that those guys are putting into that, it's, you know, oh yeah, it's so not something I would ever want to do. Like I had a vlog, yeah. I had a vlog for a second because I saw this guy Casey Neistat and this guy Mr. Ben Brown, and then they kind of inspired me. And I thought I, I've been making television for seven years. Yeah. I could definitely shoot, edit, and post videos, plug in some music. I know how to do this, and I did it. And it was funny shit. But then I realized it was cannibalizing my life, right? And it was making me narcissistic in a way that was I was uncomfortable with mm. where you are like <coughs> if anything cool happens you pull your camera out right you try to do cool shit you, you start believing this weird I mean with Casey Neistat who I respect and I, I really think is a really interesting artist I saw it happen most to him where it was like you he he was showing you only the cool stuff it was it was what we were, we were just shitting right. about on Instagram he was only showing you his best foot forward yeah he was only showing you the badass stuff. And, I, and that's what I was doing. And I was like, this isn't healthy. Yeah, I've got yeah. a lot of badness. I'm, a lot of negativity in my life that I'm just hiding. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm on a plane. I had one drink. Okay. That's, that's all we're showing of that. Yeah. Except for, but <clears throat> yeah. I, what was it like to go from having your own show where you're making on your own content to then going to New York and then meeting up with the whitest kids, you know, starting that and then trying to make content when I guess technology was catching up. It was. It was. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 when my show got canceled, I moved to New York to, you know, I went to the School of Visual Arts and um, I basically lived in a spillover dorm, which is, you know, a, if, if you miss the entrance into your dorm, like they put all these kids into this dorm that was just a catch all for like every college in New York. Like, oh, really? So there's like 32 different colleges that had their kids in this dorm. There was no security. It was just basically, a, it was like a, just a party hotel. Like, Holy and shit. that's where all the whitest kids were from. We were all from that one dorm. Who's the group? It's, it's five of you, right? It's five. It's uh, me, Sam, Darren, Zach, and Timmy. Okay. Um, and we were Are anyone not in the business anymore. Uh, well, Timmy still does stand up, but he lives in, uh, uh South Dakota. So, really? and, uh, and Darren lives in Pennsylvania. So they've kind of, you know, but, but Darren goes out with me on tour all the time. Like whenever I tour, I go with Darren and Sam, um, and I do like my music and then we'll do a couple of old whitest kids sketches and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Uh, so everybody's still involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all were just drinking buddies in college that we lived in this dorm and um and you know we we met timmy on 9-11 um like when 9-11 happened like we ran to the top of the dorm to get the the best view of what was going down where and, was his dorm uh he we were right across the river uh we were in brooklyn heights okay so right across the river and um and so we ran up to the top of the st george hotel it's this massive building and um we just kind of kicked open the door that was facing it and it was timmy's room and that's how we met timmy like we just basically barged in and we're like and he was like who are you guys we're like shut up and we were like just started like watching like out the window and stuff um but uh and then we just started doing shows at like my college um we just started doing like a monthly show uh we said it was a school club 
uh, because then we get like 700 bucks a semester um, if you say that your comedy group is like a school club but then you can't decide who's in it everyone has to be in it so we had like 17 people in the in the group really at the beginning yeah and then um, so we did that all through college and then when we got out of college you know we whittled it down to like the main five guys so you went you did you finished college in New York mm-hmm yeah. Okay. And then, um, and then we just started doing. We, uh, you remember the show Tinkle? No. Um, the David Cross ran a comedy show called Tinkle in the Lower East Side uh-huh. at a bar called Pianos, and um, it was popular. But then I think he left. To, he left to go to New uh, to L.A. And so they had this time slot that was open, and we got the the show. And so we had our own show at uh, Pianos. Um, in in New York and we would do it every week and because we just didn't know that you didn't do it this way we would write a brand new show every week so we would write a new hour of sketches and do it every week and then I think that actually really helped us because people would keep coming back and then after like a year of that Time Out New York came down and wrote like this really nice article about the show and then it like exploded and then it was like lines to get in we had to open up another room upstairs and telecast it the show upstairs really? so that people yeah it was great it was fun and but that's but we did that for years and and uh to the point that when we got our show the entire first season was already written like the whole really? first season was just our stuff from pianos because uh, we had something like 500 sketches at that point uh, Holy shit! Yeah, so that was that was. Um, I mean, when you were ta- the, the, when you were talking about like coming up with material, that was kind of our, you know, how we did that is is just every every week. You know, we would uh, write all day Friday, like after work. You know, we'd write Friday into Saturday, um, and then we'd also shoot videos on Saturday, and then Sunday we'd be spend all day rehearsing while like. I'm editing, like trying to. What are you editing on? You're not editing on an Avid. You're editing on a computer. No, back then it was Final Cut. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, but yeah, editing. What on... year is this? I'm, I'm trying to remember. This is 2005. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then, oh yeah. Then the technology was like was definitely um, DVs, DV uh, tapes. Yep. And you could shoot on all the. The uh, Canon came out with a bunch of great. Canon and Sony had a great um yeah what I did what I did was I um uh when I was taking out student loans for college I took out an, enough to buy a Panasonic uh 24p cameras the first prosumer camera that recorded at 24 frames a second instead of 30 yeah. so it actually looked film-esque yeah um and uh and so that's what we shot all of our stuff on but just yeah on those dv tapes and then we'd edit all sunday just get it done in time for our show at eight o'clock on sunday night and then drink all night and then go to our day jobs on monday and do the whole week what again. was your day job in new york uh, i worked for uh, an asian television network uh called imagine asian television imagination yeah oh. and uh <laughs> <laughs> and I love uh, it. Yeah, Sam, Zach, and I all worked there. And uh, like I, but I, uh, I started out as an editor, and then I got a show picked up by them. So then I like I became like a comedy guy for them, and I wrote comedy from an Asian perspective. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah, I had a show on Imagination Television during that time too. Oh <laughs> fuck! God, that's awesome. So how do you get discovered by? Did you get discovered by Biederman or did uh, did? 
No, we um, did the network. What was the network back then? It was so. So when we were pulling, we were pulling the show together. Uh, we met with a couple uh, executive producers. We met Biederman. Loved him. Like, I love that guy. What's been, he doing now? Have you talked to him? Uh, I had talked to him about a year ago. I haven't talked to him. I haven't uh, seen him recently. for a while. He worked on uh, Michael and Michael. Yeah. Yep. And my buddy Tony Hernandez worked on Michael and Michael. We shared office space during Michael and Michael. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we show you, was that, were you still doing Whitest Kids, you know? Yeah. What did that last seven seasons? Five. We did five seasons. We did one on Fuse and four on IFC. That was it. <laughs> yeah. IFC. Yeah. Um, so wait, and you you started on Fuse, and then what happened with that? It just didn't. So we started on Fuse because um, Fuse, like we uh, we won um, Aspen Comedy Festival. We won the best sketch group uh, there. And like, I didn't even know they gave out a prize for that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then we had all these offers uh, for like you know pilots and stuff. Um, and uh, but Fuse because they were the smaller network was like, you don't have to do a pilot. You can go straight to series and you can own your own show. Um, so we were like, well, we got to do that. How like, do you not do that? Yeah. So we um, went straight to series on fuse. We did the first season and it was a, a hit for them. Like it was, it was, it was like, it was like one of their highest, it was that. And like they had a show called pants off dance off, which was like their two biggest. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> do you remember I, that show? I do remember pants off dance. It off. was actually a good show. <laughs> yeah. I do remember pants off dance off. Holy shit. Yeah. But it was like, it was us and pants off dance off that were like the, the, the big shows over there. God. And, um, but then they had a changing of the guard after the first season. And the new guy uh, came in. Fuck and, new guys. And uh, and he called Biederman in to like a meeting. And, you know, we were doing, I mean, we weren't trying to be offensive, but I think our humor just naturally goes, we like dark gallows humor, like, yeah. you know, kind of. Um, and so like, you know, we had stuff like where we were, you know, Hitler or things like that. And uh, just kind of, and, and the guy basically brought Biederman in and was like reading him a list of things. It was like, this won't fly anymore. Like this, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this anymore. You can't do this. And so Biederman was like, oh, they're going to destroy the show. Like he's like, we have to get it out of there. Yeah. Um, and so the uh, uh, Jen Caserta, like the, uh, and a bunch of the uh, people who were originally at Fuse had all gone over to IFC when the new guy came in and they're all owned by the same company, parent company. Really? IFC and Fuse. So uh, he, uh, Biederman talked to them and they were like, well, we would love to take the show over here. And they kind of worked it out, you know, being like, all right, well, since you guys aren't really into this show, what the show is, is. Yeah. You go. And then IFC was crazy because they, because their whole thing was uncut, uncensored. That was their tagline. Yeah. And so they were like, we want you to push it as far as you can go. And, uh, and we're not going to bleep you anymore, which I was actually bummed because I thought the bleeps made it funny. I think bleeps are funny. Me too. Yeah. And I was real, I was actually, I actually was like, can we still be bleeped? And they're like, no, we can't because the whole tagline is uncut, uncensored. Yeah. I see. Um, but I do, I think it misses something when I you think take it the does too. Away. When you put a bleep in, I think it makes it, it makes it pop. Yeah. It's it, yeah. Um, it also makes your brain think a little bit and interpret and go, what did he say? Yeah. And it also just feels like it just feels like you're testing the limits of, you know, the, of, of the medium to yeah. when you're doing that. Um, but so then we went over to, but so yeah, so the second season of IFC, they just told us to go as far as possible. So we were, you know, we wrote really crazy stuff. And then after second season, they're like, okay, you can bring it back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, At this time, Chappelle shows on. Yes. Well, no, even before that, isn't it? 
when Chappelle's show started in 2004. Okay, yes. Yeah. So I feel yeah, because I feel like Chappelle's show started. It was my before. Last year it was before. You, it was yeah. It was right before you guys. Yeah. I think it was, he was probably off by the time you guys were on the air. Now that I think about it, because yeah, because we we came on the air at the beginning. We shot the first season in 2006. Yeah. And it aired in 2007. Wow. God, what's it like to not? I mean, I'm going to say this in the wrong way. It's going to come out because I have this experience in my <laughs> life. But what's it like to not? Not know the failure, really. Like, not to know the like, failure. Just the 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 like ongoing failure that is so many people's experience in this yeah. business. I mean, like to go from like college, like the state kind of went like that. College, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then successful room, uh, win Aspen TV show. Yeah, what's next? Like, is is there like a letdown of like? Oh, I thought this would be better. Like I had, a, I had a period when I was on my first TV show, <clears throat> and for me it was college. Worked the door to comedy club for six months. Will Smith discovered me. Development deal, another development deal. TV show, and then in one day I'm I'm I have more money than I now that I it's not a lot of money, but back then I thought more money than God. Right. I'm driving down Franklin, turning left on um, <coughs> uh, over by the the Scientology Center. Yeah, and I thought. The celebrity well, one. I thought I'd be happier than this. Right. Like I was, just, I was like, is this it? I was like, I don't think I'm really happy. Yeah. And then, and then I cut back to like broke, no fucking money, hanging out with Chris Gillen, and living paycheck to paycheck, featuring on the road, and being like, I've never been happier. Yeah. You know, like what did what was that like? Well, it was you know, um, uh, yeah. We, I mean, we did hit it pretty young like you know we were like the first people of any of our group that we were kind of like new to have a show so there was this kind of you know oh this is crazy and i I think like um you know i I do think about that sometimes it's like well i didn't but see so then when uh but then i did a movie i know what was the movie miss march i saw miss march oh you did of course i did yeah uh, yeah and and it's it's not a great movie like it's um it was this weird who was it you and uh zach yeah and it's this weird it's it was kind of a mismatch for us the idea we didn't come up with the idea mm-hmm. but uh but the studio came to us and said we'll let you rewrite it uh direct it and star in it so we were like okay great but it was oh like a God. teen sex comedy kind of thing yeah so we, we rewrote it and we're just kind of, you know, we thought like just taking the piss out of the genre, but it didn't really work. You know, it's got, it, it, it's, it's very uneven. Like it has very funny scenes in it, scenes that I'm like still proud of, but yeah. as a whole, it's very uneven and, and it doesn't work. But when that came out, that was very, uh, like the critics hated it. Like it was you know, lambasted, like, you know, uh, you know, it didn't do well. And so it was weird because at that point, then you really, then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, now, well, am I going to have a career after this? Like, am I, oh, am I wow. going to, yeah. but then, and then it was kind of realizing like I, what I was going through at that point, it was like, Oh, this is what people go through at the beginning. You know, this yeah, is, this is what, Oh, thank you. Yeah. This is, this is exactly what, and it's good to go through that. Oh yeah. Oh, I have, I not that this is going to sound, but I had so much success early in my career, mm-hmm. so much, and then it went away. 
Like just one day it just stopped. Yeah. Like and I was like I remember being in uh Pan Pacific Park. Is it Pan Pacific Park? Uh, uh the one on the one on uh third across the street from the the uh, Yeah. Is it Pan, I think, I think so. That sounds that sounds yeah. I was in Pan Pacific Park and I was like I was I remember my business manager was like, You need to book a commercial or something. Like they give good money and I was like, That's not how it, he's like do a commercial. <laughs> like I, was like, just, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just do one. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. And I was like, I guess I got to get on the road. And I remember telling my manager at the time, who's still one of my good friends, I was like, I was like, I need to get on the road. And he was like, I didn't get in this business to book fucking the Chuckle Hut in Wisconsin. <laughs> I got in this business to make you a movie star. And in my head, I was like, I am so far away from that. Right. That I need to have, I need to have some forward movement. Yeah. And I went from there, from that point, like it was like 500 bucks a week to host. Then you jump up to feature 700 bucks a week. Then you get into headliner and you're getting 1200 bucks a week. Then 13 the next year, 14 the next year, right. 15 the next year. And just getting to the place where it's like, I've seen people make it so not effortlessly. I don't mean to disregard someone's talent or work ethic or, right. or skill, but I've seen people take the path I was on and I remember those and it's it's almost like yeah this is manifest destiny this is how it works I'm brilliant like <laughs> right right and then to know to see the failure <clears throat> to see the failure and to experience it personally and then to get on a small track to success where you for me I got on travel channel I was there for like seven years but and then for it all to go away again and yeah. again go what the fuck am I going to do with this? I, am I, am I just a failure? And then to have success again, you really have a, a respect for. You start seeing other people in the business differently too. Yeah. You start seeing people who haven't made it and going, "Don't give up. This there's always chance. There's always hope." Yeah. And then you see some people that have like made it really instantly, and they're just like, "Huh? What?" I think it's un. I think it's unhealthy to to not have you know bumps. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and hopefully it makes people better comedians too, because like, I mean, I just from my own personal like experience, like I think when I look back um, before the Miss March thing, I think I kind of probably when I think about how I talked with like or how I talk with network executives or how I would fight for things, um, I had this idea that, you know, what I think is funny is right. And there's, you know, because I had no reason not to like, yeah. you know, like up to that point, everything had been a success. Like, yeah. uh, so why would I doubt myself? Like, you know, and, um, and then after you do something that doesn't work, then you're like, well, maybe I'm not the end all be all to yeah. like, maybe, you know, humor is subjective and, uh, my, you know, and so then I think I became more open to, uh, uh, feedback you know, after like, you know, I, if I, I pitch something out and you know, if people aren't really responding to it and they're like, what about this? I'm more open to other people's like contributions and kind of things like that was so, yeah. you know, but I, but I, you know, I don't know if you don't have any of that, you, who knows what kind of monster you end up becoming. Like, you know, oh, you see uh, these people who are completely, you know, detached from reality. Like, uh, I've seen that so much. Yeah. Like, but, and, it, and it's <clears throat> always these people who have just been, you know, doing nothing but success it's nothing but success and then you like hear them talk and you're like oh my god you're an insane person i know people i know people i i have i know people that have not witnessed failure mm -hmm. now i'm sure they have witnessed failure 
they are so not only detached from what is funny, but from reality. Yeah. It's amazing to me. And I think I've had so much failure in my life. I, I remember for one point, at one point I was like, I think I'm more comfortable with failure. Like I think I'm, I'm, I know how to nurse failure. I don't know how to nurse ego. Right. Like I can definitely lick my wounds. Right. Like I would, I, in a weird way, I was almost, I would almost plan when I I have an audition, I'd be like, okay, I know we're all coming to our house tonight. I'm going to make spaghetti. And then that's, (coughs) that's how I'll get through this. And then I was like, if I book it, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to (laughs) do. Like I don't, I don't, because I'm, I, I think it's one of the things I don't think anyone really like it's really hard to be a humble winner. Right. It's really hard. You ever like talk to someone famous in this business and they're almost like, they believe that because they're famous, they can create magic tricks. Like they're like, I did this. This is the hardest thing to do. Trust me. You need to listen to me. And you're like, (laughs) I had a friend like that where it was like unbearable to be around. And then, and then his success went away. Mm-hmm. And you watched him like going like, "Hey, what what do you think?" And you're like, "Oh, I wish you had done that when you were fucking killing it." Right? Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you'd still be killing it if you would listen to a few people. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> was there any was there any like uh, head bumping with the group when you guys decided to, when you guys went off to get offered Miss March or was anyone like? No, there wasn't. Like everybody was pretty supportive. Like you know, I think towards the end of. Uh, the five seasons we were all ready to be done with it really yeah like um we had just been in each other's space for so long i mean like because we had you know been to you know a we lived with each all of us had i've lived with every single one of the guys like you know we just were each other's roommates you know in college after college um you know we were best friends and we just kind of were just sick of each other and then, and it took a couple years, I think, after, you know, that for us to be like, okay, now I've, I'm, I'm, let's, let's, uh, let's hang out and start writing stuff again. Like, yeah. uh, uh, and now it's fine. We're all very tight. Um, but yeah, I think towards the end we were a little, we were ready to take a break. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, like, I remember when they, so the fifth season of the, sh- of the show, <laughs> we just made a movie. Like, and, um, and and so we chopped it. It was called The Civil War on Drugs. And it was a Civil War movie that we made. And uh, it's about two idiots who think the whole Civil War is being fought over legalization of marijuana. Like, and they go through the whole Civil War, like, believing yeah. that. And so we chopped it into 10, ep- uh, 10 pieces and just put it throughout the season. And I'm not sure the network was into that. They were like, well, that's okay. So it's this one long sketch that kind of goes throughout. And so then uh, to do a sixth season, we were like, all right, well, we only want to do it if we can do like it's all movies. And so it's just a series of films that that play out as like, here's a half hour of it. Here's the second half hour. Here's the third half hour. Then a whole nother genre starts. And we like do that. And they were like, well, this is not the show that we signed up for anymore you guys were were like cool to be like then we're good and we were just kind of like at that point we'd done you know we didn't want to start feeling like we were repeating ourselves yeah and it's it's tough you know i mean now i feel like if we went back we could do it like and because there's it's a you know time has passed and there's all new things to talk about but it's hard to do 100 sketches a year 
back to back to back and we had done 500 sketches at that point for like you know it's really fucking hard yeah and 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 not be like well this is actually very similar to this sketch that we already did like kind yeah. of thing so we wanted to we didn't we wanted to stop before it started doing that what was your initial plan right when you ended whitest kids you know what was your initial plan where did you want to go um well i i went i did a sitcom for a year um Wait. on fox what was it it was called breaking in um it was with Christian Slater. No. Yeah, I did a sitcom for a year. How was that? It was weird. It was it was cool. <laughs> What's it, Christian Slater like? He's great. He's, I'm still Xbox friends with him. Like really? I, I don't I never talk to a lot of yeah. but like every now and then it'll be like boom. I'm like, oh Christian Slater's on Xbox. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so um yeah, so yeah, I did a sitcom. I mean, I was like a like the the fifth character how like, great is that it was it was interesting um it was it was fun it was Does it, was it hard for you to let go of yes. the writing oh i bet very very it was um you'd get fucking horrible scripts and be like no it wasn't even that it was just it was because I, I actually thought the, the scripts were pretty good it was just that um just not being i i realized how uh, much uh it's about control for me yeah. like i like being in control um like just not knowing uh, what the uh, how the show is doing, you know, uh, waiting oh, for the yeah. ratings, um, just sitting in the and and also just sitting. I mean, I, I was coming from a place where I wrote, directed, and um, you know was in like almost every sketch. So just sitting in the trailer was very bizarre for me. Like, and you're just sitting there and like waiting all day to go in, do your scene, and then. And it's out of your hands. Like, you know, and I, I know I, I think I pestered the directors probably a lot because I'd be like, are you, was that good? Do you, do you want another? Yeah. Like, are you, are, how are you? Because I was just like, I wanted to be able to do more. Like, I, I, and so that was really difficult for me. Like, I remember telling my agents, I was like, I kind of think I want to like do shows instead of be on them. Like, which is probably not a smart thing to tell your agent, but I was, <laughs> I was like, I've I, said a lot of stupid <laughs> shit to my agent. I've said a lot of stupid shit. Yeah. Like, oh, I've said a lot of, I've, I, I, oh God, I mean, I wish I could just never have spoken, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I have a hard time right now. I'm going through that a little bit. I'm in a place where I go, I only want to do stuff I create. Yeah. I don't want to do anything anyone else creates. Yeah. Like <laughs> you couldn't put me in a show on travel channel or food network or anything. You, you just couldn't. I did one. Sh I did one pilot for um, when I was. It was. I was a travel channel. I did one pilot for someone that it was a different. It was a different company, and they mm -hmm. had a director. I was. I was unbearable. Yeah. I was because <clears throat> I directed everything I did. I, I mean, I say that, and anyone that worked with me was like, "Yeah, we made you. We let you think that." <laughs> but like, I just wasn't doing any. They. Yeah. I, I had set up a set of parameters of what I would do on TV and what I wouldn't do on TV. And, uh, and now it's so funny. The shows that I would never have done, I hate watch and I love hate watching them. Really? Oh my God. There's a show called Carnival Eats. Mm -hmm. I watch it. I watch it nonsense. It, it's like, it's like, it must be like what those, uh, what those, uh, dominatrix, the people that like to be dominated. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, is it sadist or masochist? Which it's, one is it? It's masochist. gotta be masochist. Yeah. I watch it and he, and I see the guy. He's like, uh, this looks like a, 
and then I'll wink at camera, tasty bite. Like, I would never do that. I watch it and I just go, oh, I watch him make mistakes on that show. Like, they light a scene. Yeah. And they'll, and so they, they've, they're set up and they're going to do a bunch of, you know, on the fly interviews, but they have it lit so it looks pretty. Who gives a fuck if it looks pretty? The, they have this black guy with gold teeth receiving a 24 inch sandwich. And he's acting so poorly that I'm like, I'm watching this guy act. Oh my God. And then at one point the host, clearly the guy has not said the lines properly, but he knows what he wants to say. And the host is mouthing the words along with the guy. And so I hate watch that shit. I don't, I'd said, I've said to my agents out loud, I do not want to be on a sitcom where I'm just the third guy. Right. I want my sitcom. Right. Like I want to create it. I want to be, in charge. Yeah. I want to be telling you what I will and won't do. Mm-hmm. I could not sit in a trailer. Yeah. That's kind of what, yeah, that's the, that's sort of, <laughs> it's not the smartest thing to do. So walk me through all your projects. So you do that. I did that. It gets canceled. Uh, no, actually they wrote me out. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they wrote me out after the first season. They, they wrote, uh, and then they brought in new cast members and stuff like that. Really? Oh, trying to revamp it. Yeah. They were trying it, to revamp yeah. it. Yeah. I think it was one of those bubble shows and they went, uh, so, um, so I did that for a season and then. Are you good around celebrities? Yeah, I mean, I'm horrible. I mean, I mean, not in the in the sense of like I'm not good at. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I don't go. I, I don't really. There's some. I I like weird celebrities. Like the really? the, a lot of celebrities that I think I people would get upset about excited about. I'm like okay, but. Like, um, like I love this, like there was this documentary that I watched all the time called dope sick love. Um, it was on HBO and I watched it all the time. It was about couples on heroin that like, you know, and I just loved it and I watched it all the time. And then one day I saw one of the guys from dope sick love, uh, riding his bike down the street and I, I blurted out, I was like, Sebastian like that. And he stopped and looked and I realized like, Oh, I can't, what am I going to do? Like, I can't like be like, you know, I'm a huge fan of your horrible addiction of your, like, of your wreck of a life. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Oh, and everything like that. And I just kind of, uh, what kind of TV shows do you get into? Um, you don't watch, you don't like watching the type you do. I don't like, I love, I love like, like a uh, car wrecks. Like I, I love like my 600 pound life. My, I was just, I love my 600 pound life. Oh my God. Uh, I, I didn't know I was pregnant was probably one of my favorite shows of all time. I didn't um, know I was have pregnant. you ever seen that? Uh, no, it's fantastic. How does someone not know they're pregnant? Because they're idiots and uh, they're obese. That's how it happens. It's really oh dumb people God. who are also obese and are not paying attention to their body. And, uh, but they, the greatest thing about it is that they reenact it. So it's almost done like unsolved mystery style where they yeah. talk to the people and they're just like, well, I had stomach pains and I thought, you know, and it always ends with them going and trying to take a shit and having a toilet baby. That's like every episode and they always reenact it. And it's the best because then in some episodes they'll, they'll put a baby in the toilet and you'll see the shot of like the baby crying from the toilet. And it was like somebody, some new parent whose baby is still like could pass for an infant, yeah. like signed up or like, I want my baby in the, in the in the TV in the Hollywood oh and they put their God. baby in the toilet. Um, I always watch those and I go, how did I not get that job as a reenactor? Like <laughs> yeah. I was, like, my agent's not sending me out for anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I met um, someone who worked on that show once and uh, at a bar and I was just like, I was so excited. I was like, that's it's my favorite show in the world. Yeah. Um, I was like, how do you get? How, why do these people give you permission? Because no, you can't be on. I didn't know I was pregnant and come off 
any way but looking like the biggest idiot in the world. Like there's yeah. no way. I mean, like, why do these people let you do this and tell their story and show their names and stuff like that? And she was like, you have no idea the waiting list we have of people who want to be on the show because the idea of somebody reenacting your life is so enticing to people that they just like, she's like, and her job was vetting all these stories to make sure they were real, like talking to the hospitals and stuff like that. But um, I guess the want of fame or the one of notoriety or the I guess maybe it's just having a meaning to your life yeah some people will go oh I have no meaning to my life but if I'm on you know yeah intervention or 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 one of those shows then now I have meaning yeah well our culture is so set up to be like meaning your meaning of life is fame that's the meaning it's the of truth. life and that, it, it, that's the whole going back to the social media and all of this it's just you know, that's what we're just programmed, you know, it bothers me. With. It bothers me. They've done not as much anymore. And by the way, this is going to sound shallow. I understand that. But it bothered me when I saw people who took noble professions then seek fame. Because I was like, yeah, I sought fame and I admitted I'm shallow. This is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And for me, it wasn't technically fame. It was art. It was like, right. I want to be a comedian, but I understand that this goes along with this. So I'm cool with that. But then when like, Chefs all were like, I'm just a simple chef. But then you got your own TV show, but you're not a simple chef anymore. I'm just a fireman, but I'm on The Bachelor. And, you know, now this is where my life's going. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I I admitted firemen. What? We need firemen. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, I'm just a fucking simple doctor. I'm Dr. Oz, but now I'm just going to take. Like, I, I never could really rationalize. Like, I was, I was like, don't, don't, like, I just make cupcakes, but uh, now I'm a cupcake guy. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this country where th- that is the most, and, but by the way, I'm a part of it. Yeah. But in like my head, like we go to uh, like uh, big upfronts for scripts. And I, I remember one time I was looking at these guys and they're all, uh, I wish I knew the name of the show. Maybe it's called Chopped or something, but they're all like, it's like five different judges and like they all have like really stylish glasses like everyone's Simon Cowell yeah everyone's yeah. everyone's like and and I saw them all social media posting and stuff and I'm looking at I'm looking at Tony Saragusa who's an ex-football player who just was a football player and this is how he's making money now and he's just looking at him like ugh and I'm looking at them going I don't want to be that right like I don't want fame to be the thing I'm chasing right I want my art to be the thing I'm chasing yeah. I want to make art and then promote my art Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to just be like, like I don't. I, I had said to someone, one of the things I'd said to my agents, which I regretted, was because I think they represented the person. We did this thing, the goddamn comedy jam on Comedy Central, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and I was like, I did it because that's what I had been doing that for months on end with my friends because it was a comic that started it and you would do time in front and then you sing and it was fun for us because we were getting out of our comfort zone we were doing something different and then when it came to Comedy Central they booked a bunch of celebrities on it and then I was like I don't ever want to be that celebrity I don't ever want to be the celebrity who's like get me on Dancing with the Stars right like I want to do stuff that I love you know So that's where I'm I'm broken in that sense like you were with yeah. the Fox thing I'm, I can totally see myself tapping out. Yeah, it's the same I mean it's the like it's hard to take you know, there's there's less and, and this is probably still an ego thing but it's like there's less uh satisfaction in getting laughs that you didn't write. 
you know mm, okay now you just pick a brand new fucking like when you do your when when I watched your song mm-hmm. I was blown away I was Thanks. literally blown away and it inspired me it inspired me uh, Halston knows this um, we're I'm working on a um, it's not a comedy album it is a sincere um, day drinking album like Jimmy <laughs> Buffett oh that's awesome like like that's like my guilty pleasure. Like I love Jimmy Buffett. I love Jimmy Buffett. That's one of my fa- pirate looks at 40 is one of my favorite songs. Oh my God. Made. Right. Yeah. I, I'm a huge Jimmy. I legitimately think he's a terrific songwriter. He is an amazing. Yeah. song. He's like the Ernest Hemingway of songwriting. He's amazing. Yeah. Super simple. Yeah. Super there. Great storyteller. And so I had said, that's all one of the things I'd always wanted to do. I have this call and sick to work tour. I was like, it'd be cool if I could make this call and sick to work tour, like almost like a Jimmy Buffett esque, And then I can write, <laughs> when I first started, I used to sing on, I used to play guitar and sing. That was like the first thing I did that was funny. Mm-hmm. And then every time I came on stage and I brought a guitar with me, I realized, I remember one time putting the guitar to the side and all anyone did was stare at the guitar and look at me like, when are you going to pick it up? And I was like, oh, I'll never be able to learn how to do stand up if I have this guitar up here. Ah. And so I got rid of the guitar forever. Mm. I like was like, I'll never bring a guitar on stage. Now that I can play the guitar, I think people are shocked that I can play the guitar but I was like, it would be cool to write that album. Yeah. But that's, you. I watched you and I, that inspired me. Uh, I do not understand stand-up comics who do not write their own material, then go on to do an hour special and basically do karaoke. That makes no sense to me. I don't know why you would do stand-up comedy if you don't write your well, own stuff. At that point, it's just, it's gotta be about f- the fame first and foremost. It is. It's, 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 uh, the, the comedy is a venue to get famous. Yeah, and so yeah. that they can te- keep doing movies or yeah. keep doing, like I, I, I found out recently about some celebrity comedians that don't write their own material. And I just was like, well then that it really just like, I don't think I ever want to watch you do stand up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. Maybe I'll watch who, who writes for you. I'll see what they're working on. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're a good comedic actor, but yeah, that's great. Not, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that kills me. So what, what did you do after the Fox? Um, and so then after the Fox thing, I just kind of, I, I had a bunch of just different development deals um, with various networks for a couple of years. I started, I became like a correspondent on um, The Tonight Show. Uh, and I did that for five years. Um, God uh, damn, you have worked nonstop. Yeah, it, but, but it was like, but for a couple of years there, it was just doing um, these, you know, I, I, I kept going from development deal to development deal. Like I'd have a, a pilot here, I'd have a pilot here and they just wouldn't make it to air kind of thing. And, yeah. But so I was really thankful for the Tonight Show thing because that was, it felt like I was still, you know, doing something that was making it out there. Like yeah. I had my regular bits that I would do once a month on the show and stuff like that how did you dodge not getting huge through the internet like like how the internet seems like a perfect home for you well that was that was how um that was really how whitest kids happened was uh you know youtube started right around we were host we were making all these videos for our, our shows and we were putting them on our own website and basically having to pay the bandwidth and all like that. And then all of a sudden YouTube started and kids like fans started taking our videos and just passing them around. And then that, so we had like a couple, you know, viral like hits and that's what, you know, kind of kept word of mouth going, which got us to the show. So whenever like the network would be like, let's take down all these 
kids sites that have your stuff we'd be like no 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 please leave it up there i mean it's good for the show trust us like yeah. that's the whole reason you know who we are like is because of the internet kind but of like thing. how do you not have your own how are you not making content and putting out content on a daily basis just right now like you know it's not it's not it's 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 interesting it's not the because uh what i was talking about when i looked at these these youtubers that's not what i wanted to do that's not like what i got into this for like you know like, I, let, I look at you and i go how are you not how do you not have a movie <clears throat> making a movie every year like right you're so, one of the most creative people i've ever seen in this oh, business very nice thank you i'm telling you when i say this I've always known you're creative. Like I've always known of you and known you to be a, a, a successful, hardworking, creative guy. But when I watched your songs, I was like, this is next level. Oh, thank you. Like, how are you not directing comedy specials? How are you not directing? Right. Well, the other thing is for the last three years, I, um, I, I sold a show to uh, the Disney channel and, um, like, uh, what is it? Walk the Prank? Yep. Yeah. So I sold that uh, show to them, and I've been show running that for the past three years, too. So that's, and I've been directing a bunch of those. So that's kind of, you know, taken up some of my time, too. It was, you know, I did this album and special at the same time as doing that show, which God was kind it. of. Do you party at all? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you get by? Like how do you do that? Uh, mm. I just try to keep it to the weekends. <laughs> Holy shit! You've got so much fucking going on. Yeah, no, it's uh, so it's so I've been doing that for the past three years. So it's kind of which I really like doing. Like it's it's fun to juggle like doing stuff in the kids space and then doing stuff in very adult space. Like yeah. I like trying to do both of those at the same time. And you know, it's, it's like working different muscles kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, I don't think I have that ability. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's, a uh, it's fun. So I, but that's, I mean, there is a movie that we want to do. We wrote a, a, the whitest kids wrote a movie, um, that we're trying to find the funding for right now. Really? And it's like our favorite thing we've ever written. Like, you know, uh, it's, um, you know, we are hoping to do that like later in the year or like next year kind of thing. Really? But yeah, it was, uh, we're really happy with it and we're just trying to figure out, I think we need like $2 million. So we're just trying to figure out where to, where to pull that from. Are you guys all managed by the same manager and agent? No, we're all over the place. We're all different people. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. That would, I don't know. There's uh, someone was just telling me about, um, Kickstarter and getting a Kickstarter. Yeah. People, I, I don't know why I'm like I'm squeamish about that. I, I, there's, there's a, an algorithm to doing success, going being successful on Kickstarter. Really? Yeah. And, and it's gotta become like, you know, a two month, that's your job for two months is raising this money. Yeah. Um, I'm on, I'm more on like a, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd want to do a movie per se. Yeah. I've always wanted to do a four camera sitcom. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I just, every time I don't think, I don't think anyone's making four camera sitcoms anymore. Right. And I don't think that it's, but they I, think come, they come around though. Like, you know, uh, but yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I got to get more famous in order to green light one. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't want, I don't want to just get a, I'm done with getting deals. Right. I, I'd much rather just not get a deal and just <laughs> write it and make it. Right. Like, I'm so tired. I, I I'm telling Segura, I think I've had seven development deals where I just go, they're just all fall apart. Right. Like they, something happens and they're like, we're going to make it. And then nothing. Oh, we're looking at the script. Nothing. And I'm just tired of that. So I wrote a script and I'm going to make it. Um, but it's not for camera. Right. And then my wife 
my special's coming out and my managers and agents are like, now's the time, you know, if you want to do your four camera sitcom, now's the time that we do it. Yeah. And they're like, we'll pair you up with a showrunner, we'll pair you up with a, and my wife's like, no. She goes, let's get a hotel room for three days, like just fucking Universal Sheridan. Get a hotel room for three days, I'm going to force you to write it. Hmm. And I was like, all right, so next week, starting Monday. Oh, great. I'm going to write, I'm going to write, I don't know what it is, I haven't figured it out yet, but that'll be the first day, yeah. write the second day, edit it and put it to you, make sure it's all together the third day, and then send them in and go, this is what I'm doing. That's awesome. And then if, and then let them shop it. Yeah. And but I but part of me just wants to go get an investor. Let's just make it. Yeah, like I don't want to fucking shop yeah, it. It's a the, yeah. Get get like a Chinese uh, investor. Like yeah. there's well, all yeah, this money. These Russian oligarchs yeah. I hear about all the time. <laughs> no, there's so many ways to do it. That's the that's the thing. It's like you know we you know we don't want to like the movie we want to do is like we can do it for two million like we can do it like for yeah. not a lot of money like there's a lot of like places to, there's so many ways to do it it's just trying to figure out okay what way are we going to try to like you know to pull the money together kind of thing but yeah the, i mean yeah there's something that just like going and doing your own thing not waiting for the studio system not waiting for well, the, like, say, the gatekeepers that, to give <clears throat> you permission just. i say that with podcasts i i run into people all the time they're like yeah, I want to do a podcast. I just got to find the right deal. And you're like, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's just do it. Yeah. Like my wife, when she's, my wife has a podcast and she was like, she's like, I don't know. Should I, like, what do I, do I need to like sign up with somebody? And I was like, no, just do it. I go, that's the creative part of it. And like, she's got a podcast. It's not huge. People listen, but she loves it. Yeah. And she's inspired every day. She comes up with segments and these ideas of how to, ooh, I want to do an episode about this. And I go, that's what creativity is about. Yeah. It's not about fame and fortune and getting recognized. It's about making something all the time and feeling <laughs> creative. You have another, yeah. you motherfucker. <laughs> <coughs> you know, I think I was, I was, I was out of the system for so long in, in creativity mm -hmm. by doing travel channel that when I got back into stand up, now I'm just like, I'm like bubbling. I love yeah. getting on stage and coming up with a joke in the afternoon and then writing it and performing it. And then, Going back and listening to the recording and making it tighter, I, love, I miss that. Yeah. When you tour, what what is it, when you go on tour? What is it? What does it consist of? And what kind of venues do you do? Um, I do uh, I do a lot of like comedy clubs. Um, really? Yeah, and uh, I it's a largely music. Yeah. Like so, my show I, I do is usually like music from the you know the la previous albums, the new album, um, and then uh, and then I'll show video. Like I'll I've recorded some like hidden camera man on the street kind of things that I just show at like my shows. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I do, uh, and then I'll do, you know, some old whitest kids sketches with like whoever from whitest kids is with me really? in that city. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's kind of a combination, almost like a variety show. Like way through, I just remembered slow Jack. Slow jerk, yeah, yeah. Is it slow jerk? Slow jerk, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the, the that whole bit is pantomiming, jerking off. And that was the first a time anyone recognized me from the TV show uh, is I was sitting in a bar and somebody just pointed at me from across the bar and just started like slowly pantomiming jerking off and I was like this dude's like what's going on this dude's like super hitting on me <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it hit me I was like oh he saw the TV show like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> where did you meet your wife uh, we were both NBC pages really we were both in the so you've been with her for how long I have been with my wife for 15 years almost 15 Holy years shit. yeah been married seven we were we were together seven years then we got married and we we're almost 70 so i guess 14 years yeah and just started having kids yeah are you gonna have more uh maybe i don't know did you get them baptized 
No. You're christened? No. Are you going to? I don't think so. What do your parents say about that? I don't know. <laughs> They're probably not happy. We we never. I don't think we ever got our kids baptized or christened. Oh really? Yeah, but it was just it was just Gillen did. Gillen got both his christened. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't. It just didn't. And, you, and then circumcision. You, you didn't have to worry about that because you had you had girls. I had girls. Yeah. Yeah. My my sister. Uh, why did you get your kid circumcised? I didn't. You no. didn't. No. Are you going to? I don't think so. Are you circumcised? <laughs> yes, I am. But wait, don't you? For real? I don't think you. Yeah. I, I, no, I didn't do it. Yeah. Wait, did you talk to your wife about it? Yeah. I talked to a bunch of nurses about it. What did they say? Well, they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to sway you one way or the other. It's like really strict. And then I was like, and I was like, uh, you know, because I've been, you know, like, uh, so, so, I, so I've been, I've been on the fence about it. And then I was like, I asked one of the nurses. I, she, I finally was like do you have kids? And then she's like, yeah. I was like, you have boys? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, did you circumcise them? Like that. She's like, no. Like that. And every nurse that I asked when I got to personal, like asked like that, they were like, no. Like that. And so I was like, all right, I'm not doing it. Shut up. Are you yep. circumcised? I'm circumcised. I, I mean, maybe I wish I wasn't. There's no way to know. That's the thing. Yeah. It's such a fucking weird. And what did your wife say? I think that convinced her. Like really? when the nurses, when we started talking to nurses and none of the nurses really had done it with their own kids. I was like, and when oh. you said it to the doctor, was he like, good call? No, no. They were like, okay. But they, it wasn't like, uh, you know, uh, I believe it. I mean, I don't know. I just, it seems like a odd thing to do, except that everyone does it. Like if it weren't that, if it weren't for everyone doing it, it would seem like an odd thing to do. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the guy that pitched it must have been like, okay, I know it's going to sound crazy. I got an idea. I want a job where I just cut the tips off dicks. I know I, mine isn't done that way, but I want to, because like, they started doing it when they had to do it to themselves first, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who the first so chicken guy, or the egg, the first you know? guy who did it. I don't know. What is it? Is it meant for cleanliness? I think, uh, I think probably back in the old days. Yeah. You know, I think that was the thing. It was, it blew up in the United States after World War One. Why? Um, and I think it was because of, I could be wrong about this, but this is what I've been told. Just go by, just dig your heels in on this one. Yeah, is that it was uh, because World War One was so filthy. You know, it's trench warfare, mud, like that people were getting a lot of infections. And like, and then like after World War One, it became the norm to do. Um, really? Just because uh, of cleanliness, yeah. And I, I, I don't think I did it at all out of religion. Right. Was, and initially, it's just Jewish people, right? I think I, I think that's how it starts. Yeah, but but um, but now it's just a cultural thing. It's a it's a Western thing. Yeah. No, we had um, we we did a clitoral stimula- uh, mutilation on both my. Oh, daughters. you did female circumcision. Female that's, circumcision. Well, that I'm for. Yeah. I'm actually a big <laughs> proponent of female circumcision. Oh. <clears throat> so what's what's the the 24 hour feed? Is that going to be online? Is that going to be on ComedyCentral.com? Yeah, it's going uh, it's going to be on their Facebook, their Facebook Live kind oh, wow. of thing. Um, wow, that's going to drive fucking views. Yeah, it'll be cool. It's gonna we're gonna have uh, an 800 number that people can call in. Um, I'm also going to be doing a Reddit AMA at the same time and like answering those questions, trying to solve all the world's problems. What other press are you doing for your, for your special? Um, what other press I'm doing? I'm doing like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I have like a, I have a sheet that I look at every night for the next day, like kind yeah. of thing. Um, there's a, I may be doing at one point I was going to do like an AV club interview during the 24 hour show. 
That would be cool. But I don't know if that's happening now. Like, huh. that's that's not a bad idea is to have other interviews interviews come into you because they love it because they're going to get pressed for their stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're trying to do some of that. Also, I'm doing a uh, like an open, I've, I've put out an uh, ad for an open mic um, and I've been getting all of these like people like writing in like music acts, like juggling everything like that. And so constantly throughout the show, I'm just going to be doing a parade, a 24 hour long open mic for every, anybody who like signed up. Oh my God. So it's going to be a lot of chaos going on. Oh, that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's uh, it, the 24 hour thing. I'm, I'm a little worried about it, but like, how are you going to stay awake? I don't know. I'm just going to, it was like one of these things when they were like, Adderall. You, yeah. Just, I just, mean, yeah, could. Yeah. Um, there's one of these things where they're just like, you know, what do you want to do to promote the thing? And I was like, oh, I could do like a 24 hour talk show. That'd be cool. And the, everyone was immediately like, Oh, it's a great idea. And I was like, why did, why did you just said 12? Yeah. I said 10. So maybe said a three hour, <laughs> three hour talk show. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to, I'm going to log on and watch. Oh, and then call I, in. Can I, can I can call in. Yeah. Or Skype. Be a, be a, be a guest uh, via Skype. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a hotel room all day. Perfect. I'm not doing shit. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, we got to set that up. We'll release this Wednesday night. Okay. So that it'll come out. So I do a solo podcast and I'll do a solo intro to this and then release this Wednesday night. So everyone tunes into your special this weekend. Awesome. Thank you. I'm really, I'm, I can't tell you how impressed I am. I, 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 last night I said, you need to start off by telling them how genius you thought that was. Cause oh. I was like, sometimes I forget to tell people mm-hmm. like, I go, Oh yeah. You know? But yeah. that, I was fucking blown away. Well, that's so nice. I, I really appreciate that. That's really nice of you. Thank you. Is that, is that, do you think that's the, is that like the, your favorite thing you did on this special? You know, it's, it's, I, well, I like the visuals of that one a lot. Like, um, oh, dude, it's so badass. Yeah. But there's, uh, there's one that's coming out. Uh, there's a couple more videos that I'm really into too. Like there's like two or three that I really like really into on this, on the special kind of thing. Did and you I, direct I, them all? No, no, no. My friend, uh, Nick Goosen directed them. I know Nick Goosen. You do? How do I know Nick Goosen? Um, he directed grandma's boy. Uh, oh, okay, he's yeah. directed a bunch of My buddy of stuff. wrote grandma's boy. Oh, okay. Nick Swartzen. Oh, Swartzen. Yeah. He's tight yeah. with Swartzen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he directed, he directed all the videos for my last special too. He's awesome. Yeah. God damn. Well, man, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks this for having awesome. me. This is awesome. I hope it really t- uh, takes off for you. Oh, and I can't wait to see what else you were going to, what else you do. You're like, I, the one thing that was like, I was really kind of moved by, I was like, oh, this, you've been in a lot of groups and sometimes you see the group and you go, um, and you go, oh, there's some stragglers. Like, uh, I won't say it, but like, you know, the state, uh-huh. there's some yeah. guys that were in the state and you're like, oh yeah, they were in the state, but that's not their, th- I mean. That's, right. They weren't the driving force of the state. Right. You look at Thomas Lennon, you're like, oh, Michael Liam Black, Thomas Lennon, Michael Showalter. Those right. were fucking, not to, not to discount Carrie or anyone else in the state, but mm-hmm. those were spearhead guys who were going to do something if it wasn't this. Yeah. And when I, when I knowing Whitest Kids, knowing you, mm-hmm. because I saw uh, Miss March, and then hearing about your fucking, your, your talk show at 18 and, <laughs> and your, and, and then now this, and then watching that video, I went, "Oh, it was him!" Like oh, in my no. head, we I know, I know, all of us. <laughs> I know, I know, it was all you guys. But I was like, "Oh, he was going to succeed regardless." Oh. Um, uh, the last question I got to ask you, and I uh, the whole time I when you first saw Bo Burnham, do you know Bo Burnham? Yes. Were yeah. you like, "Oh, that would have been me," because had you grown up at that time? 
doing the internet, like if you were his age, I think he's like right, right. five or something. I don't, did you find any connection with him? I don't know. No, I mean, I didn't. I didn't think that. I didn't think that because you were that guy. Right. But you right. had to go through all the hoops. Yeah. Like you had to go fucking take a class. Go, you know, like yeah. if the internet had been there for you. Do you ever think that? Like if you? No, were, I never thought of. I've never thought about that. That's if you were, if you were ten years younger. Yeah. See, I've always thought about it where, in the sense of. I guess I've been looking I've been looking at it optimistically where I was like I was always like oh thank god YouTube happened when it happened like yeah. you know because it was right when we were starting that <laughs> um you know and it was really like if it had been a couple you know years later like who knows if we would have just been like another sketch group that you know toured or, I mean when we got our show the New York Times did an article like uh, on us and human giant, which came out in the same month. And it was the whole article was basically the internet breaks through to television. Like, so w- human wow. giant and us were the first shows. Who's in human giant? Uh, it was Aziz, uh, uh-huh. Rob Hubel, um, Rob, oh, not Rob Riggle. Oh uh, no, 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 no. Hubel. Um, and, uh, Paul Shear. Paul Shear. Yeah. yeah. Paul Shear. Yeah. And so our shows were like debuting the same week, you know? Really? And so like the New York times did this. So I always looked at it as like, wow, we really lucked out because I the- look at that. I look, it's so funny. I look at things like that too mm-hmm. for myself. And then I see other people and I go like, uh, I, I think about the state a lot. Yeah. I, it was one of my favorite sketch groups ever. Yeah. And I go, man, if they had been around during the internet, they would fuck. I mean, yeah. But, then, but then part of you goes, maybe that, maybe not, maybe, 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 the, maybe the, it, it, you guys were in a situation where the cream rises to the top. And so if, if everyone else had the opportunities to make it, it makes it more convoluted, but you guys were so driven. Well, like I think, I mean, I think it would be incredibly hard to start a comedy troupe now. Oh, because the, the, the noise, I it's gotta be insane to try to be a comedian now. I know. Cause it's just, I mean, so like, I don't know if, it, I don't know if it would have been easier or not, but like, it, it, it seems to me that there's just, there's so much more like it's everywhere oh. now. So Dude, I, I can't imagine starting a podcast now. Right. I can't imagine. I'm so lucky <laughs> that I got fired from travel channel when I did like, cause if I had that, you hit the podcast window. No, no, no. I was doing my podcast before. Mm-hmm. I'd started my podcast probably five years ago, maybe six right. years ago. And um, I started it while doing Travel Channel. And they were like, don't do a podcast. You don't need to do a podcast. You're on TV. Right. But in my head, I was like, my podcast will always be there. This right. is going to go away. And then thank God I had done stand-up. I'd been doing stand-up for so long that when it tri- di- disappeared, stand-up blossomed the way it did. And now right. stand-up is where it is. And I just go, oh, thank God. Like I'm, I look at it that way too. I don't think I would, I don't have your drive. Like I would have never taken a class to get a, I would have loved to do that, but I would have needed a friend that had the drive to go, I'm going to take the class to do the, the, right. to the, do the TV show. I'm more like a, well, I take that back. I guess I did this. I don't know. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. a flip flopper. Well, if you lived on a cow corn farm 30 miles away from your town, you might have done it. Because <laughs> you're like, I need to do something. I am bored. <laughs> what do your parents think of the of the of of what you're doing? Oh, well, they hate they uh, you know, they're very supportive of me, but they also do not like what I do kind of thing. Like really? they're like, you know, they had a real hard time with the whitest kids. Like uh, really? the content, um, you know, the albums <laughs> that I put out, you know, they have a real So they're like they're proud that it's successful. 
they're proud that I've like made a living, you know. Um, but I think they wish that I they love my Disney show. Oh, I bet they do. <laughs> yeah. So they wish I just did more so stuff do my like daughters. that. Are they watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not. I, they're probably aged out now. They're online. Right. Mm-hmm. But when, when they that just happened, like within the fucking last six months. Oh yeah. They have just stopped watching. Within the last probably year, they've started watching my six hundred pound life. Say yes to the dress, <laughs> and then and Narcos. Yeah, and Narcos. <laughs> um, but they but they were big Disney fans. Yeah. For I mean their whole childhood, and they're very young, despite. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> 13, 11 are young, but they're young for their age. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Do you ever think to your parents ever say stuff like, you're so talented. If you gave that talent to the Lord, you could really change lives. That's subtext. That's there. That's there. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. Um, I mean, no, it's, it's funny. Like when I, when I, when we first started doing whitest kids, um, my, uh, it, would be, it would be on YouTube. My dad would go around and flag our videos. <laughs> Are you ap- serious? It's inappropriate. Yeah. And he'd call me and he'd be like, I saw this video you put up and I just, I thought it was really inappropriate. I flagged it for YouTube to take it down. Anyway, that tree out back finally fell over. Like, and just like, jump back and like, Shut thanks dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do they come out to LA much? Um, they d- every now and then, like every like maybe once a year. Yeah. I, I think more now than since I have uh, the kid. Yeah, like they'll come out more. Um, that's but, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's it's such an interesting story. Have you ever tried to write a Christian rock song? No, no, I you should. I, yeah, no, I haven't. No, <laughs> um, but it's uh. Yeah, I think that would just make them more upset. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get you as a cameo on my uh, on my album. I'd love like, to. Uh, like, what do they? What do the rappers call it? Like when uh, a, a guest verse? Or yeah, maybe? guest verse. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, just back to the love of Jimmy Buffett. Like, you know, oh like my god, when I, uh, during Whitey's Kids, I had a character that I was trying to get going called Warren Seaplane who was basically young Jimmy Buffett like yeah. that was the whole like <laughs> cabana musician kind of thing oh. and I had sold it to Super Deluxe remember Super Deluxe yes before the new Super Deluxe yeah. the original Super Deluxe like and I sold them the idea they were going to make a whole series about it and then it went under like the oh. but it's uh yeah. see I look at it like this is the way you tell me what you think what I like about and I'll, and I'll put I'm gonna put them all in the same category and it doesn't belong in the same category but mm-hmm. like what were like Jimmy Buffett and Bob Marley was it was simple chord structure great storytelling simple verses yep. catchy great title you know and didn't take itself too seriously Bob Marley's a little different but Jimmy Buffett never took himself too seriously yeah and he is he is a uh, you know he's a great he he uses words really well like, he's a you know, brand yeah like when you see Jimmy Buffett you go Oh, we're going to have day drinks today. Yeah. And oh. he's smart. Like he like he hits, you know, he'll do a song for each coast. And then he was like, what about the Midwest? He's like, ah, boat drinks. Yeah. A song about just sitting on a lake in a boat like that. And like, that's going to, and you know, uh, you know, stepped on a pop top, blew out my flip flop, had to turn around and go home. Like, you know, everything about that character yep. just with those like simple lines. Like, you know, he's really good at, at, at writing lyrics. My, all my titles are coming up or like. I was like, I, to this morning I was laying in bed. I'm, I've been in bed all fucking day. And uh, I was laying in bed and I was thinking of like titles I want. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, but it's things that are applicable in my life that I know I can write about. Right. And one of them is uh, I can't find my sunglasses. 
because I always can't find my sunglasses. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'll just write a song about not being able to find my sunglasses. <laughs> and like wanting to go out and go drink, but I can't find my sunglasses. And I'm just in the house. Where the fuck are my sunglasses? That's great. That's why I have two pairs of sunglasses. I, I actually buy three pairs of sunglasses and lay them around the house because I can never find my sunglasses. <laughs> it's the one thing, if I, if, you, if I could ever say, if you get money, get yourself a couple pairs of sunglasses and let them float around the house. Yeah, get one for every room. Yeah. And just so you go, oh, huh. Flashlights, dude. I might have 40 fucking flashlights. You know what the best thing, my, my friend turned me on to this, is uh, phone chargers. Buy a phone charger oh for every room of your house. It is a life changer. Dude. It is, it is the best <laughs> thing you can do. Segura, um, I, my, do you know who Tom Segura is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I heard him one time talking to his wife when they were in their new house and they had the phone charger in the wall, but it didn't reach the bed. So in order to get their phone charged in the middle of the night. They had to go plug it into the wall and then leave it on the ground like 10 feet away from their bed. And all of a sudden he realized, he goes like, wait, I can afford phone chargers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the greatest. Can I tell you another thing that I love? Mm. Uh, extension cords. Uh, I, buy, I bring extension cords on the road with me. So you plug an extension cord into the, the socket. It's got three plugs. You bring it into your bed. You plug up your phone, your computer, all your stuff in your bed. Extension cords. That's good. I've Yeah, I've, I've been... I've been pretty good lately. One hitters. I take one hitters. I get these great glass one hitters. You hit them once and you get it. And I'm done. Really? I don't have to take them on the... It's like fucking $2. Yeah. And so I'll keep it for the weekend. If I want to smoke weed, I'll take... I'll use that to smoke weed and then I just leave it there. I throw it out. I remember seeing some article that was about Justin Timberlake and it was the, the, the tone of the article was like, this is how wasteful, like, you know, what a like diva kind of thing. And it was, he never wears the same pair of underwear or socks twice. And when I read that, I was like, that's a great idea. Like yeah. if I had, if I had the money to just kind of like Ooh. waste it like that, cause nothing's better than like new underwear and new socks. Like, you know why? Like it's incredibly wasteful, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I love when you find little hacks like that. Like when you go, Oh, I could just, I can do this. Like yeah. I have flashlights everywhere. I have knives everywhere. Um, I buy, uh, tons of, of Pepsi complete, so that I'm never like, there's no worse feeling than having heartburn in the middle of the night, right? And not being able to find Pepsi, Pepsi complete, and just being like, "Where the fuck is it?" <laughs> Same thing with my Rogaine. I have Rogaine fucking everywhere because I always run out. Yeah, and it's not, you know, I also believe in the fact like if you buy a, a vacuum, get the nice one, and yeah. we've had the same vacuum for 13 years. But a really expensive vacuum. My dad's like, you're a fucking idiot. No one spends $900 on a, va- on a vacuum. My sisters bought a vacuum at the same time. They spent 150 bucks on a, va- on a vacuum. They've had probably 20 vacuums. Yeah. Because they just they're cheap. They break down. We've had this one vacuum, a Malay, Malay, mm-hmm. Malay, I think. We've had it the whole fucking time. Yeah. It hasn't broke. That's what electronics. You always just get top end dude and it, it'll last it works out in the <laughs> my end my wife got cell phones and i go hey uh uh she got the new iphone x's i go don't get the bullshit fucking 32 gigabytes get the most <laughs> gigabytes they have yes i don't ever want to be in a position where i'm erasing videos so i can record a sunset i want more i go i don't give a shit she's like yeah. it's just you don't need it i go i need it if you and then every time she gets a cheap one she goes god i my thing's out of memory. How, yep. Can you help me? I'm like, no. <laughs> That's what you get for being a... T- do you do the insurance plan on, on phones? No, um, I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm never sure what to do on that situation. I have um, Apple... Apple Care? Apple Care. Mm, okay. Um, so I do the Samsung. 
Okay. Yeah. And uh, I always it's it's I like nice. to live dangerously. It's, <laughs> well, I went through this phase. I sat next to this guy on this plane one time, and he um, he didn't have a, a case on his phone. That's what I do. Really? No case. Look how broken my screen is. <laughs> Look oh at my. all the cracks on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I said to him, I said, um, oh, you don't have a case on your phone? He goes, no, I'm a man. I said, what? And he goes, I take care of my things. When I walk into a meeting, <laughs> I put my phone on the table. People see that there's no case and they see my phone's in great shape. They know I'm a man that I can take care of my stuff. Wow. He goes, I look at you with your phone case. And he goes, I just think, oh, he drops his phone a lot. What kind of life does he live? I was like, yeah. So I got rid of my phone case. Stop using a phone case. And I was like, it made me feel confident. And I'd, t- I'd give people that speech. And then one week, I broke my phone three times. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I'm done. I'm going cases. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. No, it makes sense. Like, yeah. My, I've never had a screen that's not broken, but I still don't use the case. I've never, I've never used a. F- if a phone breaks, I immediately go get a new one. Like oh, I, really? I cannot use a broken screen. Case. Oh, I can deal with it for real. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just stare. Like even down to the, like the touching. Like, well, I can't touch that side of the screen now. Oh, like, I'll, my. I'll run my phone into the ground. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! I'm I. I think I'm on my phone so much. The second anything goes wrong with it, I get a brand new phone. I'm like, no 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 no! I can't do that! I can't do that! I got a new. I got the new Apple laptop. I fucking hate it. Oh, you, the one with the the it's the, the four keypad. ports. Yep, I got the same one. And I'm like, it's the four same ports, and so I need all these attachments. Well, I got the yeah, I got an adapter that goes into the side ports that has everything the HDMI. Yeah, and all I that got stuff that you too. And yeah. I, but I, I broke in two of them. Oh, really? Yeah, actually, you know, I fucking put it in my bag and then yeah, yeah. I'm I a fucking mess. I don't like the keys. Well, I like the old ones that push down. The new yeah. ones, are the butterfly keys, not yeah. into it. And I don't like the top little. Uh, bar where I, like, I, I gotta open up the volume and yeah i, I don't liked, like that bar either i like that i could just hit volume the fuck <laughs> progress doesn't need to go this far yeah it's I, not always progress <laughs> i don't like the 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 uh the climate right now where it's not cool to call people and you have to text i think that's regression because I think so too. people are always misunderstanding tone. Um, and it also takes a long time like to, to write all this stuff out. And like, yeah. you know, and then it takes like eight texts to do what I could do in 10 seconds on a phone. So yeah, Joey Diaz, one of my buddies, Joey Diaz will not text you. Yeah. The only phone call. I get and, that. And I'm, I'm, I have, I have a theory. This is not popular. I'm telling you right now. Don't get anyone get upset, but I believe that it is linked to autism meaning autism is the quickening of the human meaning uh-huh. everyone's distant like uh, uh, and I'm, I'm i just had this conversation with someone on my wife's podcast who has an autistic kid and believes that that is the future that with the way we're going where everyone's getting into their own bubble and no one's you don't need gregarious you don't need the pt barnums anymore the, right the like the the Every, everything's all in your own you get your groceries online you get everything delivered you don't really need to leave the house right that I believe it's something so it's like an evolutionary step <laughs> yeah like a Darwinism hmm. is that is that autism wouldn't have and I mean I'm, I'm sure there were artistic people in like the 1600s right I'm sure there were but it was m- much more difficult to function in society in the 16 1800s right autistic as it is today where you're like oh they can definitely give them an iPad they can do everything yeah that by the way I understand I'm if you're an autistic kid I'm simplifying everything and I apologize I don't mean to I'm right. talking about in a broad stroke that was my idea hmm. and I said it to my wife's friend who's an, who's an autistic kid she goes oh I completely believe that that's what it is that wow. it's evolutionary that's interesting 
Yeah, I wish I had any stat to back that up. I have none. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good theory. Yeah, I. Uh, you should write a paper on it. I mean, I, I can, I can go, uh, or I'll just post it. I'll on peer my review in, it. I'll, print, I'll post it on my Instagram. <laughs> I look at the people like. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say. Um, I'm not comfortable with where we're going in progress with women's rights, and I was like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on a bit trying to say that um, I didn't ask to be born like this. Like, I mean, I, like an immediate like offense to all women like like raised like i have a friend jen kirkman who always posts videos about men don't ever ask a woman if she needs help like don't ever ask a woman if she needs help right that's that's condescending i'm i'm a i'm an individual i can do it myself i was never doing that anyway well (laughs) i always do it like if i go if i'm on a plane and i see a woman with a heavy bag she's putting the overhead i always but i grew up in the south you did too yeah i know but i'm i i just i just uh uh i i think it's more i think it's more of a flaw than anything but i just i'm just not helpful I I watched I purposely didn't I watched a woman struggle yesterday really and I was like I just Jen had just posted a video about it and I was like you know what not helping I'm following you Jen and this woman was like can anyone help me and I was like sorry ma'am you're a lady you got you got as much as an opportunity as like, that is sexist yeah that's sexist that you want help you the fact that you're struggling right now makes me sickened by you as a human my friend Jen could do it by herself but <laughs> I ended up getting up and helping her anyway. It was a heavy fucking bag. Oh, really? Do you want to hear something horrible? We'll wrap this up. I'm we're, now we're ra- I'm just rambling. One time I was on a plane going from, and I'm amazed you have not smoked yet. Oh yeah, I'm amazed. I've done pretty good, right? Really good, really good. <laughs> well, we started the thing before I asked if you were able to to, to smoke in here, and then I was like, uh, d- you did? No. What? No, never go ahead. No, did you ask me? No, I was like, we started it before I at before I would ask, uh, and then I was like, oh, I'll just I can get through it. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I one time was getting on a flight from Canada to Phoenix, yeah. Edmonton to Phoenix, and I had a roller bag, and I went to put it up, and it slid, and it landed on a dude's face, and broke his glasses, and bro- didn't break his nose, but bloodied his nose, and he lost his shit on me. Oh my God. Rightfully so. I was super apologetic. But what I didn't know is he had just lost his shit on the flight attendant. And that the flight attendant didn't know I dropped the bag on it. So you were the karma. I was karma. And uh, so I said to him, sir, I apologize. It's my fault. I uh, Let me, please let me at least pay for your sunglasses, your, your glasses. He's like, you couldn't afford these glasses. And in my head, I'm like, buddy, I'm sitting in front of you in first class. I can definitely <laughs> afford your fucking glasses. And he's like, <laughs> these glasses are $800. And I, I happened to have sold t-shirts. Mm-hmm in Canada so I had like $4,000 Canadian on me and I pulled out $4,000 Canadian and counted off $800 and I go here you go and he was like he didn't expect that and then he in the middle of the flight he came back gave me 400 bucks he goes they're, they're not $800 they're, oh. they're $400 and I was I have a new pair ordered already these are not my nice pair and then I was <laughs> like okay but they cops were waiting for him when he got off oh really yeah because he was so he was really demeaning to the flight attendant oh wow he thought that I did that on purpose that the flight attendant had said to me when you go to your seat throw your <laughs> bag on his face Really? Yeah, and I was like, no, like, that, that would do. never fucking happen. <laughs> By the way, I saw I saw an interaction with a flight attendant and a guy this week weekend. He got in and he asked the male flight attendant something, and the male flight attendant said, "Huh?" And then the guy went Phew, and just walked past him. And I was like, wait, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> fucking the world's changing. So, twenty four hours on Facebook. 
24 hours. Your special airs 11 o'clock at night? Midnight. Midnight no, on be, Friday. Yeah. Midnight on Friday. And um, what are you going to do to celebrate for it? I'm going to be so tired because oh, like yeah. I'm going to be up for 24 hours going right into it. I think we're going to have like a, a party for it somewhere, but I'm going to be exhausted by then. But uh, yeah, tune in to the to the 24 hour thing and, and please watch the special yeah. I will, we'll put this up tomorrow and I'll make sure to yeah. promote it at the beginning of the podcast and talk about it or not yeah. tomorrow um, Wednesday night and I'll talk about this at the beginning uh, I wish I could I wish I still had Gillen's number I got one quick plane story oh please okay. tell me uh, so this just happened to me a couple months ago but I was on um, and I think about it probably every day. I mean, I think I tell this story all the time, but I was on the, the getting ready to fly back. I was doing some show at a club and then coming back to LA. And there was this one dude who was just wasted, like, uh, uh waiting to get on the plane and he's drunk. Like you can smell it on him. He's like loud and yelling. It's like, Oh, this guy's going to get bounced. Like he's, there's no way they're going to let him on the plane. And they're calling the rows and putting everyone in. And then he says like the wisest thing I've ever heard, which is he goes, this is stupid. He was like, this is how they should board the plane. Everyone with a window seat gets on first. Everyone with a middle seat gets on second. <laughs> Everyone on the aisle gets in third. That way no one's going past each other and trying to get to it. And I was like, why, is, why aren't we doing it that way? How did this drunk guy just fix the whole airplane? Yeah, why thing? does first class go on first and then everyone gets to, past to prance past them like as you were, keep going, yeah. keep it moving. It should absolutely be <laughs> windows first, middle seat yeah. second, aisles third, and then we get out of here. Like, I've never had an idea that smart. No, and it's just this guy who was just drunk off his ass, yelling, and no one was listening to him. <laughs> oh... I've been drunk off my ass. I did a video the, uh, this other week and I said, here, I was going and getting ready to board and I go, here's the uncomfortable part is I'm first class. So for, they board first class first, but there's everyone lines up like, like there's like they're like that lines matter. They board by number. Like everyone should be seated. Yeah. They don't do that in Europe. Actually in Europe it's probably worse, but, and I go, here's the awkward part. And I'm doing the thing is I got to walk past people who don't think I look like I belong in first class and right. it's going to get weird. And I roll past I'm doing another video and I'm rolling past this guy and I'm like, excuse me, are they boarding first class yet? And I'm doing the video and he looks at me and goes, yeah, and I'm sitting first class and I'm waiting in the line and you're right behind me. And I went, ooh, I'm not posting that video. <laughs> I've, I've had it where Chris Porter, the comedian, uh -huh. saw me. I do it all the time, but I do it. I, I do excite. Lines give me anxiety. Right. Lines give me anxiety. And the idea that the way the line's set up is like everyone just believes that if they're at the front line, they'll be able to board first. But right. they don't board it that way. They board group one. Yeah. And so I'm in group one. And so I've got to like maneuver through. So I almost duck my head and barrel through the fucking people. I just go, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then when people give me attitude, I go, I'm, I'm sitting first class. Mm -hmm. And Chris Porter watched me do it and mocked me so fucking bad. <laughs> he walked past me in first class. He goes, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm first class. I'm first class. And mocked me to my face. And he was like, that was so obnoxious. And I was like, oh, I know, I know. But I could, I get, <laughs> part of me goes, if I don't do that, then I'm sitting behind some Guatemalan lady who doesn't understand how we board planes. And right. she's like, oh, I'll get on next. No. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I don't want to fly this fucking week. Ugh. Um, all right, we should probably wrap this up. My kids are probably wondering where their dad is. Okay. Um, hey, congratulations. Thank you. And I mean, I don't say this lightly. That fucking 
Uh, that song blew me the fuck away. Oh, it was so amazing. I'm so excited for your special. Thank you so I'm much. I'm excited to see what the next project you do is. Cool. I yeah. mean, you're one of those guys that it's like, you'll be, you're, you're fun to follow. Oh, well, and thank hit you. up Rogan. Get back on Rogan. That was a great episode. Yeah, I had fun. I had fun doing that. that was, it's, been, it's been a year. It's been a while. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. 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 You gotta hit him up. Text okay. him. Or hit him up on uh, after this. Everyone, uh, everyone, hit up Rogan on this and say because um, you guys really got along great. That was a great episode. Uh, he was, uh, yeah. I, I had never met him. How uh, did you guys link up? Um, it was just, uh, I think it was, I think, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was. I was told to go there. <laughs> well, it was fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. I mean, I love, I love his show. Like, yeah, uh, he's yeah. the best man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the such best. A nice dude. I gotta get you on Tom and uh, Christina's show. Your yeah. mom's house. That's a fun one to do. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'll hit up Tom and uh, and Christina and let them because you guys would get along great. Oh, cool. And they love they they probably you could probably talk about. Uh, I didn't know I was pregnant for an hour with them. Oh, good. Well, then I, I guarantee you I, that's their favorite that's show. That's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, brother. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.